Okay, okay, okay. Versatile Vigilante, Young Vince, Uncle Vinny. We got the young CEO in the building. Of course, come on. Owner of Diamond Touch Toronto, Mr. Yes, sir. Harris. Yes, sir. Glad to be here. My man. guy. Appreciate the invite. Blessings, bro. I really appreciate you coming out, man. 100%. Had to. Had to. Fuck yeah. How you doing, bro? Good, What's... man. Can't complain. Same old. Another day in the GTA, right? Another day in the GTA. So, mm-hmm. man, I was. We we're talking before the interview started. Very interested to talk to you, bro. Because I know you're. Uh, you have your own jewelry business. 100%. I see you making a lot of moves in the city. Yeah. Really interested to learn about your story, and I sure. figured maybe we could start from the early days, kind of where sure. you grew up, and go from there. Let's go. So, yeah, I don't have the typical, you know, grew up in Toronto type thing. So, um, we'll start from day one because that's it. where the story starts, right? Uh, I was born in Glasgow, Scotland. Okay. Um, so I moved from there when I was two years old, quite young. I moved to Belgium, so yeah, just south of the London, basically. In Europe, the capital of uh, Europe, you could say. Um, so from Belgium, I, I lived there pretty much my whole childhood from two years old till 16, 17. So yeah, I spent most of my days in Belgium. Okay. <clears throat> which also happens to be the diamond capital. So that's kind of like, a, you know, projecting the future. So yeah, but Belgium's a diamond capital. I spent 15 years there, sort of, you know, high school. And then midway through high school, so the summer of grade 10, so going into grade 11, I moved here. So I just turned 17 when I came here. Well, sorry, I just turned 16, actually, when I came here in August. Um, so, yeah, we went from Belgium to Canada. In Canada, we moved locally, not too far from here. Um, and, yeah, um, did my grade 11 and grade 12, uh, which was obviously rough because I didn't know nobody. Right. I had to come build my roots again. Uh, so, yeah, that was that. Um, I came on a, a work permit under my father, right? So, technically, I couldn't work either. So, it was sort of just trying to figure out the best way to be able to get a job. Um, I started, uh, you know, I got my license as soon as I could. I started, threw, I threw the lawnmower in the back of the, the Siena um, and just started cutting grass. That was the first thing I did, right? Um, to make some sort of income. Right. So, yeah, I was just cutting people's grass. Um, and then from there, a couple of years down the line, probably like a year, actually, after that, I got my first job, Dollarama. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah, I kept going up, obviously, studying at the same time at high school. And then when high school ended, obviously, every brown's parents dream, you know, your son goes to uni. Yep. Um, or not just brown parents, I'm sure. Man, everyone's parents just want you to go to uni, become a doctor, lawyer. Those are the old Yeah, stay so safe. Stay safe, exactly. <laughs> just don't go left or right. Exactly. Just go straight to what you know works, right? So, yeah, um, I went to York for a semester. Okay. I wanted to go do business. My grades only allowed me to do an underside major, unfortunately, but it was still business orientated. Um, so from there, I only did a semester, like I said, it wasn't for me. Um, too much uh, studying, you could say. Yep. Yeah, yeah, it was just too much uh, focusing and you know, bringing your laptop, doing all the notes and stuff, that wasn't for me. Um, I was often just there, leaving early, coming in late, so yeah, it just wasn't for me. So I had to f- rethink my decision. So I, I dropped out of uni quite quick and I just worked full time. I started working at a debt collection agency. Okay. So um, that was interesting as well. You know, we had a, it was an interesting job. So we had call, we would call all around Ontario, not Ontario, Canada. So Saskatchewan to Ontario to Quebec. And um, yeah, so the, the funny story was, so obviously I'm new at the job. I probably worked, It was this was pre-COVID, so I probably worked like three months. Okay. 
and then had someone call. I'm calling them, you know, whatever I'm calling from debt collection agency. And they're like, because obviously I have an English accent and uh, a lot of, you know, the fake report, the fake calls, they're sort of people who try and say, my name is John and they try right. and speak with the English accent, right? To make them more proper right. and polished. So he's like, let me guess the script. Your name is John and you're calling from duct, air, air duct cleaning. And I'm like, no, no, you got it wrong. You got it wrong. <laughs> and the next thing he followed up with is, okay, your name is John. Well, my name is whatever his name is. And how about you tell me where you are so I can come with a rocket launcher and blow the building up. And I'm like, what? Am I hearing this right? And then he kept going. So I'm like, right, this is this is madness. Or for just pay your twenty bucks, brother, yeah, stay calm. You're if you're collecting his debt, bro, you're yeah. gonna fucking pay for it <laughs> yeah, in your own bro, way. Pay for it, That's bro. hilarious. But bro. yeah, that was uh pre-COVID, like I said. So literally a couple months after, COVID hit. And you know, we're living we're working in a building and so all the other floors are closed. We're the last floor to be open for business. Right. And then yeah, we we ended up closing. And obviously then sub payments came in and I'm like, okay, I don't have to sort of work too much at the moment. Um, so, and I, 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 I just hit the, what is it? The minimum amount that you needed to qualify for sub. Right. I think it was like five grand the year prior. So I just had the, literally like five grand on the dock. So luckily I qualified for that. Um, and yeah, so then with the sub money kept me going for a bit. Meanwhile, I'm trying to figure out what I can do. Obviously it's locked down. You have time to think. So I had I hadn't been watching YouTube for a long time, long time. But then I hop back on YouTube, and I sort of see um, I don't know if you've had Tracks NYC. Absolutely. Yeah, I see Tracks NYC. I see Icebox and then A Jewelers, the big jeweler in the UK. Yep. And I see all the content they're making, jewelry, this that, showing you the ins and out, the problems, the headaches, and I just fell in love with the scene. I'm like, wow, this is something I would adore because obviously. Um, once moving here, I made my connections. I, um, you know, met a lot of people, different people, different backgrounds, rappers, whatever, right. people who are hustling. And uh, I thought, okay, this is something I could definitely do. I have some clientele that I feel like I could sort of approach with this business. And yeah, so I decided to jump into a college course because I'm a first generation jeweler in the sense where I don't have any family in the industry. I don't have an uncle or father. Which is pretty rare, right? It's very rare. Right. Like even um, all the local jewelers from Toronto, it's all like there's an OG. Yeah, so, generational. Yeah, there's always the father and then it's been passed down. So all the jewelers you see around, they're the face of the brand now, but before there was someone else. Right. right? Whereas in my situation, I don't have no family in the industry. And yeah, I hadn't even been here long enough to know a lot of people. Right. So I had to not only build my network as in friends and social life and just meet new people. When I came here, my following on Instagram was 200 people. Right. You're starting from zero. I'm starting from zero. So not only did I have to build my social life, my connections, and in this case, my followers, because obviously followers is important when it right. comes to a business. So that's kind of why I was sort of square one when it came to the business. Yeah, you had the ultimate like clean slate, clean slate from zero. Hundred percent, and obviously, like Donald Trump says, I didn't get a million dollar loan either, right? So Real shit, a million dollar. <laughs> so shit. yeah, I had to sort of just go from there, and I like I said, I jumped in the college course because I thought, okay, if the jewelry industry is cutthroat, like no one's here right. to give you a hand, because um, anyone who's coming into the industry is just competition, right? Yep. Unless you're a jeweler who's become coming to the end of the business. And they're trying to, you know, retire and whatnot. They'll be more willing to help you. Um, 
So unfortunately, I didn't find anyone like that. Um, so yeah, I hopped into the college course. It was a two-year course at George Brown. Pretty prestige course. It's like one of the well-known ones in North America. Um, and for example, Tiffany & Co., Rolex, they sort of find, um, uh, what do you call it? Future prospects, I guess. Yep. And every now, every year, they would pick one person. So brands that big would come to the course. Very cool. Yeah, find some people. My year, it was COVID, so it didn't happen. Right. And the first year, it was actually at home. It was an online course, which is quite weird because obviously it's a practical course. It's a trade, right? You're supposed to be, you know, whatever. Yeah, hands-on. Hands-on. Hands so at home, we did sort of the theory aspects of things. And then... Um, yeah, we got shipped uh, over to our houses, like little care packages. We had to make a little workbench at home. Okay. You know, learn the, the basics, you know, wax carving and filing and whatnot. Right. But it was a nightmare, man, because you have no guidance. And you're there with your laptop open trying to show the teacher your work. Right. And you can't even see it properly. And the work's not working. Like, you know, it's like, yeah, it was a headache. So, yeah, then the second year was better, obviously, because then they kind of opened up the restrictions a bit. So you could go in person and whatnot. Absolutely. So, yeah. In person is way better for learning, I 100%. feel like. Even for you touch on like building your social network, yeah. like meeting people, meeting classmates. 100%. That's important, bro. Exactly. Because like, um, especially as George Brown itself, and I'm not sure about other trades, but in this specific trade, it seemed like most of the other students were there to learn how to work and become an employee. Right. So they wanted to be a bench jeweler working for someone else. Whereas I went there with the bigger mentality of, or a bigger, not bigger mentality, a bigger vision in the sense where I knew what the end goal was, which is own a custom jewelry brand. I didn't want to be sitting, doing the labor as much as it's fun. And it is crafty and I like it. But um, yeah, it's just not for me. I'm more of a business-minded person and less of a you know laborer, I would say. Um, so yeah, um, I went in there open-minded in the sense where I was trying to talk to a lot of people. Um, and sort of see who could possibly be a future employee. Yeah. In a sense where, is there anyone here who has potential, who I can sort of, you know, stay in contact with down the line, present them the opportunity, whether they want to take it is up to them. So I, I kind of went there with big plans. I mean, I remember, obviously, uh, the teachers are very old school, some of them, when it comes to jewelry, because they've been generations of jewelers, yep. right? Um, so some of them were not too fond of me, because obviously, you know, I'm your typical student who, you know, doesn't want to pay attention and, and whatnot. A little come rebellious. In, yeah, come in late and whatnot. Yeah. But, yeah, it is what it is at the end of the day. I will still do I, I, the work and all that. It's just that they had a different attitude. So, like, they'll sit me down, like, you can't have your hood on. Like, you come in late to class, even if it's 30 minutes. But I'm driving all the way from whatever area to Toronto. Yeah. To Castellone. And you're paying. You know, and I'm paying. At the end of the day, I'm coming. I'm doing all the work. You can't tell me. And he was like, oh, you know, with this attitude, you never go anywhere. You, you can't be a jeweler. <laughs> you know, the typical talk. Like Classic, if, you're, if, you're, if your shop opens at 9 and you're there at 9.30 and three clients have already walked by, you're missing out. Brother, if it's my store, I'm it's opening it when I want. Exactly. I'll open it at 10 a.m. I have someone else go there for me, right? Exactly. So, yeah. Yeah. School's a little tricky for that because it, it's like it's a great opportunity to learn, but it's mm -hmm. always that very like strict yeah like rules and like for a it's creative matrixed. guy it's tough it's yeah. matrix man yeah, like yeah. it's like why why would i do this it makes no sense 100%. it's real shit so yeah like obviously i expressed that to them too i said it to him i said listen i'm not coming here i, I appreciate the work and i'm doing the work 
but my end goal is a little different to other people. Yeah. And a lot of teachers understood that, and they were like, "Yeah, honestly, that makes sense. You know, that I can appreciate that." And they were a little more lenient. That's good, they, man. They understood, right? I respect the honesty too, where you didn't take it from like, "Oh, I'm." just gonna be quiet no i'll express myself yeah, yeah. you know 100 I, I rate that bro that's a really inspiring story man no, i appreciate you, that just through that little intro i could already get a feel of what you've been yeah, through like yeah, what yeah. you've been trying to do and you touched on some really interesting points man mm -hmm. like you first of all already learned throughout the interview belgium is the jewelry capital of the yeah, world yeah. i had no idea about yeah, that so bro. it's a city called antwerp it's like the dutch side so belgium is half french half dutch a right. little german but barely no, no one speaks German there. Um, so I speak fluent French fluent French because I, I went to a French school and whatnot. Um, and uh, yeah, so Antwerp is uh, the Dutch side of things. It's uh, the diamond capital, they're known for polishing. Um, obviously back in the day, Belgium, I believe King Leopold, he conquered Congo, okay. the Democratic Republic of Congo. And there's obviously a lot of diamonds there um, in resources in African right. countries, right? So obviously it was a bloodshed and whatnot. Um, and it resulted in them having a, a big supply of diamonds, right? So that's sort of where they kind of got that name from, capital of, of diamonds. Very cool, bro. I did not know that yeah, at all. Yeah, yeah, 100%. When you were growing up there, I know you mentioned like the YouTube videos was really what got you mm -hmm. going, but the diamond capital, did that influence you at all as a kid? Honestly, not really. I, it kind of just went over my head. Um, I never really, I, I knew about it, um, but... Yeah, I never really, I've obviously always been into rappers and whatnot. Yeah. I could appreciate their pieces and their jewelry, but I would never read into it. Um, I would never openly say to someone, oh, yeah, look at this guy's jewelry. Right. It was more something that came in later on in the years when I'm sort of thinking, okay, let me figure out what I need to do. That's when it sort of came into play. And I'm like, jewelry? Yeah, that's, that's actually, I can see, I appreciate everything to do with it. Right. Yeah. I love that, bro. Life's crazy, man. Life's crazy. Grow up in the diamond capital, eventually 100%. working with diamonds. I, I love that, bro. Yeah, it's crazy. And who would have known? Because like, I, I always wanted to work with cars. I okay. wanted to own a car dealership. So I always knew I wanted to do a business. That's something I was for, sure, for certain I knew. But I never knew what. But I was leaning towards cars because obviously I appreciated the cars. And I lived in a country where the German cars are everywhere. Oh, yeah. Your Uber, your taxis coming in the S-Class. Right. Know? It's not no Japanese or... Uh, american car like everyone has a nice car there whether it's older newer it's a german yeah it's, it's like, a part of life yeah so i always appreciated cars and then that's kind of what i wanted to do but i was never into the mechanics and you know my dad's telling me obviously if you're into this you need to learn m more into depth right? right but that never sort of was something that appealed to me so yeah somehow jewelry just landed on my lap you know I love that, bro, because even I like what you said about where you weren't legally allowed to work. So yeah. you put the lawnmower in the car yeah, and got yeah. to work like that's to me that entrepreneurial spirit, 100%. which it's one of those things. I feel like you could have picked any business yeah. and had success with right, it. Right. You know what I no, mean? 100%. I, w I would say I genuinely believe anyone, if they put their mind to it, they can do any business they wanted. Um, it's just that your whole life, you're told you can't. Absolutely, every day. Yeah, like when you when you're at school, you talk when you raise your hand, and you talk when I tell you to. Don't ask too many questions. Ask some questions, but don't go too much into depth. Like, why am I doing this homework, or why am we learning this? Exactly. Then the answers are, oh, you'll need it when you're older. Like the typical, why am I learning this math? Or when you're when you're in shopping for sales clothing, you need to figure out what ten percent off of a hundred dollars is. First of all. 
everyone is on their phones these days. Even if that's a simple calculation, everyone's on your phones. No one needs that calculation no more, right? Yeah. I would say education is definitely important. But my point, my point being is there's certain things that just sort of train you into being an employee. They don't train you into thinking outside the box. They want you to think inside the box. Absolutely right, bro. Yeah. And I, I really related to what you said when you all, you said you always wanted to be a business owner because mm-hmm. I felt that way too, bro. Mm-hmm. It's just like I want to answer for myself, you 100%. know, right or wrong. Mm-hmm. Let me do this. 100%. You know, as opposed to doing something for someone else, exactly. making their mistakes exactly. or getting them paid. Right. You know? Yeah, because like, let's learn. unless you do it, you're not going to learn, right? Experience, and that's something man. you learn as well as a business every time. It's not like you, it's never a fail. It's never a loss. It's always a lesson, right? You're absolutely right, bro. Mm-hmm. Because you'll see that situation again and 100%. you'll be able to do it better. Exactly. That's, that's a, to me, like a huge cheat code, man. 100%. It's like the attitude, the mentality that you use. It's yes. not a loss. I didn't fail. I'm just getting better. That's it. Exactly, bro. Yeah. It, it, you're absolutely right. And you can't teach that. You got to go through mm-hmm. it. You got to mm-hmm. take your lumps and your bruises. 100%. I agree. That's real, bro. So you you got, you graduated that program. You yeah. made it through. Was next step Diamond Touch? Like, how did you kind of get so into it? So, it ended 2022. So, yep. last year, April, right. was the end. So, in April, I had my first client, which was my boy. And... um so obviously during school i was also walking around going to other jewelers trying to talk to everyone build my network some of them told me to kick rocks some of them told me a little bit of information but most people don't have time like i said these are generational jewelers for sure they have m's in the bank they don't want you they don't need to educate you they have it all set up so yeah i was talking to a bunch of jewelers and um, getting my information, figuring out the process, smoothing out the process to make it easier. And once the process was in set, was a set, um, yeah, I had my first client, which was my boy. Um, shout out Marcy. Shout and out Marcy. 100%. And uh, yeah, he got a boss piece. So it's like, it says boss, and there was the Afghan currency on top. So that was my first custom piece, um, which is on my page. You can check out my Instagram, Diamond Touch Toronto. Hell yeah. And um yeah, so that was kind of where it took off. And I remember bringing it to school to show to that same teacher who was like telling me I can't do this, can't do that. And I wanted to show it to him. He's like, yeah, yeah, I'm a come look, I'm a come look. And then just never, he just completely ignored it. <laughs> so I was like, whatever. I'm not salty. Gonna, yeah, I'm not asking him again to come see, right? I just showed the other teachers. They're like, oh, nice, really nice, you know? Because even those teachers, like, they're really nice people. I'm sure they did good jobs and stuff. But even a simple piece like that, they never seen it before. Right. It was more so, um, like I said, they're more into the crafts and all of that. Whereas this is more of a piece where money can be made. Right. So um, that's kind of where I started in April. I made my first piece. I didn't even finish school yet. Um, so yeah, from from then, actually while I was at school, I made an Instagram page because obviously I knew content. Content is key. So I named it Jewelry is Loading because I had no idea what the business is going to be called, etc. Okay. So I just made a page because obviously you can change the name after. And I was just posting videos of me doing whatever, you know, I'm soldering. So putting pieces together, um, whatever, complimations, my first pendant that I made. I did all sorts of content and some of them would take off. Like a couple of them got 100K views, 500K. One of them has like an M right now. Um, just right. off of basic videos. Like one of them is literally, so I'm heating up metal, annealing the metal. And then 
you have to uh, cool it down, right? So you drop it into a water, right? And it sizzles. Okay. Like ASMR those, content. Yeah, those People five seconds that. videos would blow up. I'll be like, have you ever been satisfied in less than seven seconds? <laughs> and then I'll drop it in the water and then the comments will go crazy. Like, of course I have this, that. Yeah, know? man. It was funny, funny, but. Very smart that you knew about that early too. Mm-hmm. Like the business is not even really going yet, mm-hmm. but I know it got to market. I got, yeah, that's yeah. huge, bro. It's very, very 100%. smart. Because actually previously to that, while I was at school, I did. I tried to do e-commerce. I didn't necessarily go through it with it the whole way, um, but I did uh, in the same jewelry aspect because I wanted to start learning about jewelry. I did uh, gold-plated jewelry. Okay. So I was doing stainless steel, you know, five times gold-plated, eighteen karat gold-plated, um, cubic zirconia, so replica diamonds. Uh, I launched a website, you know, did all this photog- photography, videography, and that's sort of what got me into the content. Because I started doing, at the time, TikTok was new mm-hmm. and everyone was doing the sick videos, transitional videos, e-commerce was booming. So I'm like, let me try this out. Um, I, I gave up on it too easily, but it wasn't necessarily that I gave up. I would say it was more so I moved on. Yep. Um, so that's the wrong wording. I moved on from it too quickly because um, uh, I wanted to, I was eager to start what I wanted to do, which was the actual fine custom jewelry. So I kind of moved on from that and, and jumped into the custom jewelry quickly after. But yeah, that's kind of bouncing off of that. That's kind of why I got into the content because I already started previously from the e-commerce to make a bunch of content. That's a great, that's an excellent example too mm-hmm. of like transferable skills. Mm-hmm. Like you notice, okay, the what I'm doing might not be what I want to do, but there's something I can take from this. Exactly. And that's a huge thing, man. Every fucking, every field will tell you that like, there's an old job where there was a skill that they still apply yeah. or like something, bro. Mm-hmm. You always want something you that you can be learning. use. Yeah. Always learning and you can apply it into what you're doing. 100%. Always comes back handy, right? Real shit, yeah, bro. Yeah. So you 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 were hungry, man. You built a piece yeah, right yeah. off the bat and you got people to fuck with you right off the bat. 100%. That's huge. With the diamonds specifically, was that something you kind of knew I want to go in this direction? So when it came to the jewelry itself, I always knew, yeah, diamond and gold. Um, nothing wrong with any fashion jewelry and plated jewelry. Right. Um, but it was more so I wanted to build a network. And with a network, for example, if you're selling used cars, if you're selling Toyotas and uh, Nissans, you're getting a different demographic of clientele. If you're selling Lambos and Ferraris, now you're getting the lawyers and the judges and the uh, um, whoever else, doctors, hire clientele. And right. Maybe you'd even get businessmen now, someone who's owns a private airport or owns this. And that's a whole list of clientele that opens doors for you. You need to get this done? Okay, I have a guy. You need to get this done? I have a guy. I did good business with him. I'm sure he'll return the favor. So that's kind of why I chose the high-end side of things because of the clientele and the network that comes with it. And that's something I enforce with all my clients. It's like, I'm not here to just make this one transaction happen. I'm here to make sure when this transaction ends, you yourself want to come back to me without me telling you, hey, come check us again. You, I want you to be so comfortable and confident with our skills and our business that you're going to come back to us just due to your own realization that, yes, these guys are really saying and doing what they said they will do. That's real business shit, bro. Mm-hmm. I love to hear that, man. That's long-term vision. 100%. Because I'm sure you've had situations where you're like, I could just probably put out a mediocre yeah. product yeah. and get one, you know, get people to buy it. They'll buy it once, you know, and then that's your name. Yeah. 
I'm really sure smart. you've seen um, uh, a lot of rappers and whatnot. Oh, this rapper busted with a fake watch. Absolutely. And this rapper put the fake, tester on yeah, the diamonds. Yeah, fake chain, and it's breaking news, and everyone's talking about, oh, this rapper's broke. Da, da, da. Most of the time, I mean, a lot of people do buy fake jewelry in general, but a lot of the times they don't know what they're buying. So it's the jeweler they went to who just finessed them. Simple as that. The jeweler just told them, yeah, no, don't worry, I got you. The rapper didn't ask enough questions. Boom. Next thing you know, months later, he's on Real Toronto News and Six Buzz for a fake watch, you know? So that's kind of something I'm avoiding at all costs is because you treat one client like that, the rest of your business kaput, you know? Real shit now. That's your reputation. 100%. That, that's your tr- all that trust you've built is now broken. 100%. That's real, bro. And we mentioned already kind of like the relationship with jewelry and mm-hmm. rappers mm-hmm. and like, yo, jewelers are now a, really a part of hip hop, bro. 100% they are, yeah. Huge part. You like, mentioned tracks, mm-hmm. Johnny Dang. Like, yeah. These are he- brand names, Brand man. names, yeah, yeah. So you'll see like even like, what was it? Lil Duck, Lil Baby, they were shooting a music video with Icebox. Yeah. And, um, you know, yeah, it just goes hand in hand, the jewelry industry and hip hop. It's like everyone that's sort of an artist in whichever way, even athletes, like they love jewelry. Huge, bro. Mm-hmm. It's like, massive. Yeah, like there's a sick piece that A. Jewelers did uh, for a football player in the UK or soccer player, as I should say. <laughs> um, but as my Italian brother, you should be calling it football. Too. Call it football, bro. 100%. So, uh, yeah, Declan Rice, an English player. Um, he got, a, a, you know, the Big Ben in the UK? Yeah, yeah. He got a huge tower like this big. And you know how it has clocks, right? Yeah. So on the three, on the first facet, on the sides facets, they he put Rolex dials. That's and crazy. It's huge. I style like this, probably like a five hundred k piece, and that's for a sick athlete, right? So it's not only the rappers who are sort of getting into the scene, because I feel like that is like a stereotype, right? Like hip hop, and rap, and they do go hand in hand. But I'd say it's more than that, because it's also the athletes. And another thing is, there's a lot of people who buy jewelry. But they're not influencers. You could say that a rapper, an athlete, whatsoever, they're not they're influencers, right? At the end of the day, they have big influence. Yeah. But there's a lot of clientele who are not influencers. They just have money. Right. Whether it's generational, whether they have their own hustle that doesn't require to be on social media, um, you know, manufacturing or industrial or whatever yeah. it may be. They just want to be icy. Hundred percent. They just want to have jewelry up, and they they whether it's engagement rings or just big ice, people want it. Hundred percent, bro. It's it's a huge market, and you know what? It's one of those things where it's like, if the people want it, let's provide it, man. 100%. Let's get them what they need. Hundred percent. I remember, like, I don't know where it really started. I feel like it maybe started with like that Gucci Man era a little yeah. bit. Remember yeah. the Bart Simpson chain yeah, and shit crazy like that? With it, yeah. it went crazy, and I feel like it's been competition ever since. Who like has people, the most funkiest, craziest pendant? Exactly, bro. How do you feel about the trends that come with jewelry, though? Because I'm sure you have a favorite style yourself. Yeah, yeah. Do you ever get some, like, see some styles where, like, I'm not crazy. I'll do it. I'm yeah. not crazy about it, though. I would say the whole reason I went into custom jewelry specifically is to stay away from those type of pieces, the generic pieces, the pieces you see on everyone's showcase. Um, uh, like... So, hey, let's put it like this. When I went into the industry, I found the problems when it came to the industry. And okay. I wanted to solve them, like any business. Problem, solution. One of the main problems that I'm going to touch on now, I'll touch on some more after. Please do. Is um, 
the generic jewelry. Everyone you see has the same sort of jewelry. Uh, not necessarily custom, but just in general. That's why I stayed away from stock jewelry because I don't want to sell you something you can go find down the street and then you're going to come back to me and say, well, this guy said he could do it for 800 bucks, but you said it's 1500 you know? Because in jewelry, it's like, I can tell you, oh, yeah, this is this. Let's say I can tell you, oh, this is worth $1,000, but the other guy will say, no, 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 this is worth 500 It's just who he says, she said, yep. right? Um, so I stayed away from that, and I did custom for the very reason that I can make you something so unique, so different. It's a one-of-one. One. No one else in this world has it but you. And I feel like that um, exclusivity, the rarity, just, the just increases the value of what you have now because no one else has it but you. So those are the pieces I love to make. The ones that are like, it's a pendant, it's nice, you know, a couple letters and it's iced style completely sick. I love them, especially at the beginning. I'm like, yes, yeah. orders, you know, that's what I need. Yeah. The more I go into it and the more I'm, you know, um, getting more orders and whatnot, I want to do some more new stuff, some more unique and intricate pieces. Um, it's better for my business because I showcase my skills. And it's better for you. Because now you have a piece that no one else has. So why not? You know? 100% feel you on that, bro. I feel like, too, you're an artist. Like, you want to express yourself through 100%. your jewelry, too. 100%. And, yeah, if you're just doing the same shit, it gets boring. Mm -hmm. And this, keep things fresh. Exactly. Build that name at the same time. Exactly. I love that, bro. I, I really like that. And you... um. You touched on some interesting things there with problems in the jewelry mm -hmm. industry. With the from the business side of it, mm -hmm. getting these payments is that mm -hmm. ever an issue? You even touched on debt collecting earlier, bro. Yeah, I'm yeah, sure yeah. those skills still come in handy <laughs> yeah, for you yeah. now. Uh, honestly, as a business, I started completely online, no location. Okay, like I said, a couple hundred followers on Instagram. It was a struggle. I had to graft for my business. I had to graft for the orders. So constant checkups, um, getting trying to get orders. Um, like I said, content to make sure they, they kind of see I'm real. And at first, I didn't put my face on it because I wasn't the type of guy to do content. Sure. Like, even on my personal page, my profile picture was blank. I had no pictures uploaded. So that's a big jump. Um, but yeah, when it comes to my payments, I make sure I get upfront. Maybe not the full thing, but upfront. But the full thing will be, the full payment will be paid out throughout the manufacturing process. Because it takes around four weeks, give or take, to manufacture a custom piece. So you, I would ex expect around, the price depends. You know, I work with people. I'm an understanding sure. jeweler. If you have this bill to pay and you can only come up with this for now, no problem. At the end of the day, I am still need the full payment before pickup. Because uh, obviously, I'm not in the position to put down, let's say, 10 grand of my own money into this custom piece. Now my client's not coming to pick it up, right? So I make sure I take the least amount of risks possible. Um... And even, yeah, payment-wise, at first I was going to parking lots, you know, outside of STC, picking up a payment, you know, seven grand payment, just in the parking lot like that, uh, pulling up on some, like a person that I've never met before. Yeah. Um, or like just going Thames or whatever, and in, in a Dollarama one time. <laughs> so, yeah, it's just like, it was a, it was a, it was a struggle. And it, obviously it's not a good look for me either, right? Because they're thinking, right, this guy's just outside like just this. outside yeah bro. so obviously the one thing that was working for me was that i have amazing quality even from back then my quality was amazing and my prices were even better because obviously i'm competing i'm right. competing with the local market and the local jewelers and everyone knows them and they already have their names and brands built which is not something i had 
I didn't even have more than a couple hundred people knowing about the business. So that was my main issue, trying to spread the brand name out and out and out. So at first I was just pumping out jewelry for very low prices, very thin profit margins, barely making money, um, living like month to month, just using my credit card and then every penny I had, clearing it out at the end of the month, right. making sure it doesn't you know affect my credit and whatnot. So that was sort of the first, um, I would say even year, like only in December, uh, past December is when I, I've been getting consistent orders since. So what is that? Uh, when the seventh, seventh of, of the twelfth. Yeah. Like as in seventh month, right? And that's very good, bro. So yeah. So for seven months, I've been consistent with my orders. So, you know, obviously all praise. I'm very happy with how things are going at the moment. Good. Congratulations on that, bro. Because quality and work ethic, two things you can't fake. You know, mm -hmm. and that's huge. And I love that you shared that because. If anyone's watching, like, I hear this a lot where people say, I want to be a boss. I want to work for myself. You fucking are signing up for a grind, bro. Yeah. Like, you got to sign up for, like, no, it's a guarantee that you got to hustle, 100%. struggle. Like, it's not optional, bro. 100%. The biggest businesses in the world started from nothing, man. Exactly. And it's, it's yo, you want this life? You got to fucking go. take fight what comes with it. Yeah, fight, with it. fight for it. And, um... Yeah, like I say this to one of my boys, he's a fighter, right? MMA. Okay. I say, listen, the fight isn't in the fight. They call you a fighter because when you're down, you have to fight to get back up. It's the mental fight. Anyone can train for six months in Thailand, come back and beat people up. But when you're back down, are you going to get back up? That's what makes it a fight, right? Absolutely yeah. right, bro. And that's a great example because you pick your jeweler, fighter, radio whatever you have your craft you also have your personal life mm. bro like i'm sure you had rough days your yeah, family yeah. friends girls whatever mm. like that doesn't stop either yeah, bro like yeah. your whole life is a thing you got to keep your business fucking afloat yeah, and growing yeah. like that's that takes balls bro so yeah. i really respect what 100%. you've been building i appreciate it yeah well uh speaking on that i mean like even before when i was building my brand like two of my close friends passed away right as i'm building the brand so obviously that was tough for me too, because like I said, I'm going to school, and uh, you know, I headphones in. I'm not too social, obviously, because I'm you know mourning and whatnot. Right. So that was a tough period too, because obviously at the end of the day, I knew I had to keep going, and I'm signed up for school. It's costing money. I can't just abandon this. I already spent most of my sub on my last semester at yeah. uni that I dropped yeah. out of. Can't be taking this L again, right? So yeah, that was a tough time because I had to do the business, and then you know. I didn't tell like my family that it happened, obviously, because then they're gonna be worried about me. Like, right. was he involved with this that? So like, yeah, it was a tough time because all of that, yeah. So hopefully, you know, they're watching above and proud, right? They are, bro. And you know what? They'll be proud that you didn't stop. Hundred percent. Like, fuck, man, life's crazy. Crazy shit can happen. Yeah, yeah. You gotta keep going. Yeah. Like it's that's so for a lot of people that's too much to to yeah, hear yeah. sometimes but it's true bro but i feel like it was good to say because um obviously in the city a lot of stuff happens right and Absolutely. you see the news every day this happened that happened this person passed that person passed so i feel like it's important to say so that the people watching right they learn that there's always there's always more and like even me my main motivation to keep going and stop my bad habits and whatnot stops like you know going around these people that people yeah it was because i wanted to to make people proud like I lost my grandparents and two of my friends 
uh, three of my friends. So when I came here, there was also, I lost a friend. So in five years of being here, I lost five people, right? So yeah, it was, it was a long five years. Um, but like I said, that was my main motivation to sort of fix up, stop being a dumb kid. You know, you know the expression, boys will be boys. Yeah, man. I'm like, uh, this boy needs to turn to a man. It's true. So it was kind of a, a jump I had to take. You're absolutely right, bro. And you, the only way to become a man is by action, man. Yeah, you got to actually do 100%, it. 100%. I know, agree and, with and that. And that's why I really was excited to have you in here, too, because you're doing it. Like, the world is covered with people yeah. that want to do it. Yeah. Bro, wanting is not enough. I agree. You know what I I'm agree. saying? You got to actually do it. 100%. And uh, you know what, bro? You touched on an interesting topic there of, like, Toronto can be a wild city. Yeah. Compared to, like, Belgium, Toronto, wild Wild, more wild place. So, the capital of uh, of Belgium is Brussels, right? Yeah, it was definitely wild. Okay. I live like 10, 15 minutes outside of Brussels, um, but yeah, it was a wild place. I mean, I'll tell you a crazy story. So, I'm at school, and uh, next thing you know, the teachers are coming in. Like, listen, you know, everyone stay calm. But there was a terrorist attack, and um, like, yeah, you just you know, call your family, make sure everyone's okay. Fuck. And we're like, what? But they were like, yeah, school's on lockdown because terrorist attack happened at the airport. It was like, it was a big thing. There was one in France. So it happened in France. Um, there was like a, a football game got bombed and then a, a bunch of different ones in, in one in one right. day, in a couple hours time, like a cafe concert, this, that. Same thing happened in Belgium, in Brussels. There was the main tra sta train station. There was the airport, cafe, concert, that, and a metro. So like a, a subway. Right. So... There's a sad story, which I remember hearing was, you know, the airport, like a main airport that everyone takes from Brussels. And Brussels is a hot spot in the sense that the UN meetings happens in Brussels. Okay. So, like, at the time, Donald Trump would come there, they start have their meetings. So, the main airport got bombed. And there was a story of a son. He calls his mom. Mom, I made it. Um, you know, I survived. There was a bombing, but I'm okay. I'm coming home. So, then he hops on the subway. And then the subway oh, blew up. Fuck. And he passed away. So... It was just a, a different sort of, like, Brussels was on a no-fly list for a couple of years, too, when we were here. Okay. And um, not even, like, since then, till, like, when we came here. And when you'd go around to, like, the train station, the military convoys posted with, like, big guns, you know? So it was uh, it was a different type of life. Uh, not Just because that type of stuff, I mean, it was wild. And in general, like, I would say... <sighs> It's it's hard to say, but yeah, they have their different sort of battles over there. Like, there's more so um, uh, cultural clashes. Right. In the sense where in, in Brussels, there's a different type of immigration than here. So over there, it's more like um, uh, Middle Easterns versus Africans. That yes. was a big thing. There was, like, even a big movie about it, um, you know, if the two people are not getting along. Right. Um, so that was the main thing over there. It's like uh, those two cultural groups just didn't mix. So that's kind of like where it would be. Um, and that's a big thing in, in all of Europe now, too. I yeah. hear a lot about that in France. Yeah, Italy, yeah. In France, big. yeah, especially France, you know, they're, they're not too keen on, you know. Um, they're very cultures. strong of their culture. Yeah. French people are very, very, yeah, they very, are. like. They are. Yeah. It's crazy. But, yeah, I would say Toronto, I heard that because I moved in 2017, like I said. I heard yeah. that since 2017, it's been getting worse and worse. Um, so I can't speak from before that, but when I was in Brussels, yeah, there was just odd stuff like that terrorist attack. That was very odd. It's not like it happens all the time, right? And it hadn't happened since then. But point being is, 
those terrorists actually lived in Brussels. Even the ones that did the France attack, they lived in Brussels too. It's crazy. So it was a different sort of like, um, it was more like underground stuff over there and more wild in the sense like um, uh, reckless people, you know? People right. who are just going crazy. Like if your football team's winning, you go out and you Hooligans. just, yeah, you literally burn police cars. Like do the <laughs> most, like just go crazy, not just a celebratory. Yeah, you've, Taking it into that Taking next to that level. Next level yeah. I feel like I say that when when people say like Toronto, Toronto is a wild city for sure. Crazy shit happen. We all know. But um, I tell people this all the time, bro. When you have a major city in the world, and Brussels included, a lot of people, bro, yeah. it's just too many people. Yeah. Go to any big city in the world or in any country. Like, it's gonna be hectic. There's gonna be shit happening, yeah, yeah, man. Yeah. You gotta be very careful. No, you're right. You're you right. know, it's you're definitely uh, right. Because uh, I just don't believe in that, like, oh, if you come here, you're safe. If you go yeah. there, you're safe. Bro. Anything pops off anyway. Exactly, yeah, yeah, man. I agree with that. Ex exactly. I agree with that. So, yo, the jewelry business, I I've, I said, has su always been super interesting to mm -hmm. me. And I'm pissed because I didn't wear my jewelry. I like jewelry myself, <laughs> you bro. bro. I know. Perfect what the time. fuck was I come thinking, on, bro? bro? Next time. <laughs> Next time. There will be a part there two. There will be. Um, you kind of already touched on it a little bit, but what is what are the dangers that come from jewelry, bro? Because I've heard of Toronto jewelers getting beat up, robbed. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's hectic. I mean, yeah, I mean, a lot of jewelers don't get just hit once. They get twice, three times, because obviously it's, it's, it's not cash. It's not like you can't just rob a bank, right? Realistically, right. these days with the security, you can't no. just rob a bank. You'll get tracked, you'll get arrested instantly. With jewelry... There's obviously security measures, but what's stopping you from, you know, just because usually you have to get buzzed in. What's stopping you from pretending, especially during COVID, just wear a COVID mask, walk in, um, pull the gun out? Exactly. Rub it kind of depends on the security you of have course. in place. For example, there's a jeweler, a well-known jeweler around here, um, Kalani. Like, yep. I'm sure you've heard of him. I'm pretty sure there's always police outside. So no one's going to try anything there, right? Because I think, I'm not 100% sure, I'm pretty sure he's at Yorkville. So it's obviously like a high-end area. Right. So I'm pretty sure there's always police outside. So, and I'm sure he takes proper security measures. So you're not going to hear, oh, Kalani got hit up. It's that. It's the, the people who do these things usually do go for low security. They've probably been a client. So they've been there before. Um, or it's an inside job. Like, I, I heard this crazy statistic about insurance in general. So, you know, car insurance, uh, um, jewelry insurance, insurance in general. Right. I forget the exact number, so don't quote me, but it was around like 60 to 80% of calls for insurance is fraud. Meaning, when it comes to jewelry, the own jewelers be robbing their own stores. Because let's say the value that you actually paid for the materials of the rings, diamonds, whatever, 100K, but you get it appraised, and now that appraisal is for 300K, you just fake a robbery, and now boom, 300K up. So a lot of the that. times, it's just an inside job. Like, you see a funny video. I forget where it was. Um, somewhere in North York or maybe Scarborough. And you see the, the, the gentleman, the jeweler, he opens his door, which you have to, like, it's locked, obviously. Yeah. It's, like, closing time. He opens the door, puts his foot to keep it jammed open, and he's looking around, <laughs> left, right. And then you just see three, four hooded up, masked up. He takes the gun out. 
And then he's just like, oh, you know, he's just like, and it's the most bait video you could find. And it's so hilarious because he just like, look, he just looks left and right and runs away. Yeah. You know? He knew. He knew. That's fucking hilarious, bro. And that's the oldest trick in the book, oldest too. Trick he, in the book. I remember, well, that's, this still happens, too. Like, burning your place down. Yeah, yeah. All this shit, bro. That's Fraud is like a... Oldest right, trick in the yeah, book. Yeah, 100%. But yeah, I would say, uh, even for me, that was my main concern, right? Like, let's say, dropping off a piece to a client. That's why I had to make sure the piece was paid for in full beforehand. Right. If you've paid three k for a ten to fifteen k piece, and yeah, and I'm picking, I'm dropping you off that ten to fifteen k piece, and you don't have the money, so you choose to just whatever, you know, take it from me. That's a big L. Yeah. And a concern, safety concern, right? So that's why you know I was working towards a spot, and this year I signed a contract for a booth at a market, okay. um, which is my first location. But it's definitely better than meeting up in the streets and sort of this block, that block, or this Tim's, that Dollarama. You know? Absolutely, bro. You're growing, man. You're yeah, leveling up. Congratulations yeah, yeah. on the spot. Thank you. Thank That's you. amazing. That's Steel's area. Yeah, Steel's and Don Mills. Uh, f- the shop's on 404 and Steel's. So it's a, a sick location, not too far from the city. Um, if you go on the map, it's literally in the center. Beautiful. So sick location. I like it a lot. Congratulations on that, thank bro. You, that, that's you. that's real leveling up, I man. I, I love those types of stories, man. Yeah. Where you started, you said earlier, you're starting from fucking zero. Yeah, yeah. Look at what you're doing. It 100%. doesn't look like it's been a year, bro. You look yeah, like you yeah, had yeah. far more time 100%. in the game. I appreciate that. I love it, bro. Um, you mentioned tra- you mentioned tracks and and uh, mm-hmm. like. I even saw on your IG, I really liked the videos where you were in the mall asking the girls, the couples, like about engagement rings and shit like that. Being like being someone in front of the camera, is that something you want? I know you said you're naturally like trying to stay away. Do you feel like it's necessary? Yeah, like you said, at first I was a no-go for me. Right. Uh, It was a no-go, but I had to build my brand and I had to get people to trust me. Uh, who's going to trust a page with no location, no followers, no face to spend grand? You kind of have to be the star. You have to be. And I don't want, I didn't want to be. I still don't want to be. Um, but it has to be done, like you said. It has yeah. to be. Someone uh, Someone has to be the face of a brand. You have to build a relationship with your people, your viewers. They have to have someone that they can visualize and appreciate. Otherwise, what are they, they're, they're going to like your, your jewelry? Yeah, sure. Are they going to like your t-shirt? Okay, maybe. But you have to be the thing that you, you sell yourself first before anything else. If you go to a jeweler and the floor is messed up in the sense where the tiles are broken, the stain on the floor, half the jewelry stones are falling out, um, the sign is bad and your reviews are below three yeah. stars. You fucked yourself already. Bro, no one's going to you, right? And if they do, it's people who are like, don't know the scene. Absolutely right, bro. And I feel like this is probably true for, for jewelers too, like... A lot of times I've heard like producers say, yo, oftentimes like, yeah, my production's good, but the artists are just comfortable with me. Like they fuck with me. I feel like Jewelers is kind of similar where it's like, of course your product's got to be good, but yo, Horace is my guy. Like that's my dog. Like we're working. Even like you see Johnny Dang, bro, Mm -hmm. these guys have been with him for years. Like I feel like that's part of it where it's that relationship based. 100%. 100%. Because- Especially in the jewelry, like I said, I was finding problems and solutions, right? Yeah. So another problem that matches what we're talking about is the trust. Because the jewelry industry is very, you have to be knowledgeable. You can't go into shopping for jewelry without knowing. It's like going to a mechanic with a, or like having a plumber over 
you know those typical stories. The plumber yeah. came, the light was flashing. He started. He charged me five thousand, but he fixed it. Little do you know, he just took the part out, flipped the switch, closed it. You never know, or you get you you need oil change, but you never knew. And uh, the 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 mechanic charges you five thousand yeah, for the oil man. change. Easy lick. Easy lick. Simple as that. Um, so a lot, a lot, a lot of jewelers. Um, Presser says it himself. I heard jewelers. Um, what was it? I heard jewelers. I heard jewelers mixing diamonds want to know if I got stretched. Something like that. For sure. Um, so jewelers are just evil with it. Like they'll give you a ring. Um, half of it's not even diamond. The other half isn't the the quality or clarity to be specific that you wanted. Um, then on top of that, it's lab diamond. It's not even natural, but you paid for the natural price, and there's a fifty percent price difference on that. So now you just bought. You spent five thousand when you should have paid a grand. Yep. And that's something I wanted to solve, and make sure that doesn't happen to any of my people, because that's horrendous. Like, like I said, I was walking around to different jewelers, and I, I, my friend recommended me this jeweler he went to. At the time, didn't have too much knowledge. I walk in, whatever. I'm like, yeah, here's two grand. I want to start a custom piece because I wanted to build a relationship, right? First mistake, I gave the jeweler two grand before even seeing a 3D rendering, before seeing a design of mm. what he's going to produce to me. I should have given him like, you know, 500 bucks. Yeah, a grand, due diligence. A grand at max. Um, just to figure out, you know, what's the design looking like. Um, so that was my mistake. And uh, so a month goes by, a month goes by, no news from him. So I drive all the way back to him, and I'm like, you know what's going on? I placed the, 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 the deposit, this, that. And he's just waffling, waffling. And I'm like, okay, listen, this isn't working. It's been a whole month. Like, if I have a client come to me for a design, I can't wait a month for you to get back to me so I can get back to them. Facts. That's not going to go. Like, it's not going to happen. So, um, yeah, I kind of just said, listen, I need the money back, right? He's like, oh, look at the sign. He says, no, no. <laughs> and I said, so what do you have for what, two grand? And he points me to some couple of like shitty rings. I'm like, ah, bro, take this one. Is this one right here? Yeah, I can't really take it off. Show that off, right bro. Yeah, let me take it off. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I like that though. I'm getting something for this. Like, yeah, I had to because obviously I'm not. Just this is not a diamond touch piece, bro. This is not a diamond touch. I could piece. tell. I could Look, tell, you bro. You see a stone missing in it. It's too light. It's too light. There's it's a stone light, missing bro. in it. I diamond tested it. Some of them aren't even testing as diamond. So that's my point. Like some jewelers are just horrible with it, and this was just a stock piece, just on the shelf, you know. Yeah. What else is he selling in there, bro? That's mad. That's a great. That's a. You just went to school for two grand right there. Yeah, that bro. was school for you, bro. 100%. And you know what? I've seen this a lot of times where people think that if I'm paying this amount of money, I'm guaranteed quality. It's mm -hmm. not true, bro. Not that simple. It's not that simple. You got to know what you're paying for, yeah, or what yeah. you're buying. That's real shit. Hundred percent, I agree. Yo, show off your your. Those are diamond touch pieces. Yeah, yeah. Show those one. off, bro. That's gonna be the screenshot or the 100%. thumbnail for the interview, yeah, man. Yeah, take this one off. Yo, should I get a versatile vigilante piece made? We have to, bro. In the, I'm gonna put a survey up, yeah, man. We might have to, bro. A little anniversary or type type 100%. shit. Hundred percent here. Show that off. Shout out diamond touch, bro. Hundred percent. This is like a, you know, a little humble piece. So I got this when clean, I, like I clean, said. Clean, clean, Yeah, yeah. So. D-I-T. D-T-T. D-T-T. Diamond Touch Toronto. Yeah, yeah. Fire, With the CN bro. Tower. You see the CN Tower? Oh, shit. Hold this the, is hold clean, the chain, bro. Yeah, yeah. It's two-tone. So there's white gold, yeah, uh, rose gold, and then three-tone. Very Toronto count. chain, bro. I yeah. love this. So this pendant I got because, um, like I said, no one trusted me. 
Bro, okay. you're a jeweler. You don't know. You don't even have no jewelry. Like, we talking True. about a jeweler? You don't even have a location. So I'm like, all right, burn this. And I have to get a pendant. So I made myself a pendant. That was my first piece. That was technically my first piece. Um, cause I, if I'm if I don't have a location, at least when I'm handing, cause I'm handing out business cards to people who are wearing jewelry and shit, I have to at least have something to be like, yeah, look, I made this. You need a resume. I need a resume. So Absolutely. That was sort of. If I had like a location, someone to tell them come see. I wouldn't even need to make jewelry for myself. Yeah. But in that case, I had to. So this was the story behind this. It's my first piece. It'll be a historical piece for DTT. And I'll always remember the hardship that went behind this piece, right? And I'm excited to upgrade because when that time comes, that means I'm at a new milestone and I'll keep building pieces. And eventually I'll look at the first one and be like, wow, what a journey. Love that, bro. I, I really love that. Also, you know, there will be a time for that piece. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like I don't need to do this now. Yeah, There's yeah. a time when this will be right. You know, hundred percent. I rate that. Even this one, like I wouldn't have gotten it, but I had to. Cause what's the point of spending X amount on a pendant when my business isn't even set up yet? I could have spent X amount on ad spend, marketing, a website, whatever it may be. Uh, right now, that's what I'm focusing on. We talked about the hardship and having to fight as an entrepreneur. I'm still fighting because at the end of the day, all the money I make, I'm still putting it back into my business because it's a long-term plan. I could easily en enjoy the fruits of my labor now, but then I'm back to square one. And each month I'm waiting for new orders to sort of be comfortable again. But if I'm saving the money, not even saving it, if I'm putting it back, because it's, realistically it's not getting saved, it's getting reused to maximize sales, leads, etc and maximize relationships. So that's kind of the struggle now is sort of, okay, I'm comfortable, I can get by without having to worry, but now I need to get to that point where I can set this aside and, and keep growing that. So that's kind of where I'm at now. I'm starting to be able to set stuff aside as I'm growing the business, advertisement, which is the biggest expense for me at the moment, advertise, because obviously my rent is low, um, that's why I chose the booth instead of an office. Right. Because a booth, a re office rent, minimum like 1500 I would say. Yeah. For something where Easy. you have a little bit of a table, somewhere you can have something set up. So my rent is like half of that. It's just for a booth. I have Perfect. way more space. Um, I set up a couch, everything, consultations type um, room. Uh, so couch, come sit down, we'll talk, we'll go through the pieces. Got what you need, man. But yeah, so that allows me for... That's kind of what my, my advantage is, right? I have low expenses and I, I only focus on custom. My whole attention goes on custom, not um, am I selling the 100 grand worth stock? Am I not? If I'm not, okay, let me throw it into this custom piece to make some money back. Right. You know, simple as that. Very smart, bro. I, I talk a lot about building a foundation and mm -hmm. I really see that in you where mm -hmm. it's like, and when you're leveling up, leveling up, leveling up, the foundation's built. Mm -hmm. You know, I've seen it with a lot of businesses where it's like I maybe they got hot from a post or some yeah. shit like that. But they, their shit wasn't ready for that. Yeah, you yeah. know, it's like you can't 100%. fake that. 100%. So I see what you're doing. I understand when you tell me your strategy, it makes sense. Yeah, yeah. You know, like when you're putting your money back into it. I love that. Yeah, yeah. That's real shit, man. That's 100%. real business entrepreneur. Yeah, yeah. Real and, shit. Uh, I even um, I reached out to like bunch of rappers influencers mm -hmm. like you said you want that one hot post so i'm like let me see what what post i can get done let me see what piece with which celebrity local celebrity i can get done so i messaged a bunch of people obviously um like i messaged young tory burner bands 
everyone but yeah. those are the two people that replied we're talking humble people down to earth right um young tory you know i sort of told them i i told him honestly listen we'll give you a free piece free ring um and this is a story on why i don't do promotional pieces now so i told him listen we'll give you a free ring you know it'll be beneficial for us for you as well a rasta ring is what he wanted to do we got designed on everything i'm like listen the ring you're looking to get is out of our budget we're a new brand we only have certain uh, amount of money to spend if you want to get this done no problem we'll cover half of the cost you cover the other half and it just went awol he's like oh i think you're using me this that i said brother i gave you two options we'll make you the first ring for free no cost or we'll give you the second ring but you have to pitch on that ring to make yeah. it possible but even then you're getting a bargain and a half no jeweler is going to give you even three times that quote because the quote i gave you is half my cost no one's giving you that and he was just you know whatever it's obviously no hard feelings for me at least um but yeah i remember he posted on my story he, his story he's like don't holla damn touch no way big cap you know and then i reposted it i'm like yes i'm like i'm doing something right you know good for and you and then man. he took it down and what not but yeah so love at the end of the day i don't mind hopefully soon tay one it, day we can sort of work and figure it out right it's all love but you know what i'm glad that you said you don't really fuck with promo uh, yeah. products too much because we even saw that with like the track 69 shit like when i feel like if you tie yourself too much to somebody they have now power yeah. on you it's like i don't like that bro yeah you and what's the guarantee saying? that obviously when it comes to something like that it's you scratch my back i scratch yours you're getting the piece i guess in promo what's the guarantee that the other party is going to actually promote you exactly no be a guarantee fan of your work want to build a relationship for example with Bana Bands which i understand i understood his uh, way of viewing things he's like listen I can go to Kalani and drop bags with him certified jeweler and he did that in the end if you mm-hmm. go to his page you'll see the pieces um why would I want to work with you so I was like yeah that's fair and um I told him give me some time maybe we can figure something out he said no problem um but then yeah obviously I I kind of realized after that promotional pieces on the thing on the way to go um because like i said what's the guarantee what's yeah. the guarantee like i can make you the piece and this is when i really learned so i had um i had um uh, another pod like you know the um, calvin calvin cambridge yeah calvin yeah, cambridge yeah, yeah, yeah. I, had, I had the name on the tip of my tongue so he reached out to me i know i'm name dropping but whatever it's, it's hey, not like it's we're drama here bro anything, we're here right? it's no drama we're just, just saying what happened saying what happened. that's all Yeah yeah if there's any issue with that then obviously we can talk but um <laughs> I won't mention who then for so he reached out to me for one of his friends who wanted to uh like a TFC player Toronto FC player okay. he wanted to gift um Drake and I start watch and a pendant and what not I'm like yeah you know just tell me about it and he said yeah we want to gift it to him for his birthday I'm like yeah sounds like a sick opportunity this sounds like you know maybe I'll give this a try cuz it's Drake right and then um i say yeah um he told me he mentioned that he's done it before previously with another jeweler and his, his shit popped off and i'm like okay amazing so why don't you go back to the same jeweler if you if you've done it with him once smart question him very again, smart right? question and he said um he said yeah he took too long and uh, i want to get it done quicker this time but realistically if i just felt maybe it was just cuz he wasn't getting it for free again right 
because if you can, there's always new jewelers coming around. Yeah. You can always hit up another jeweler, get it for free, which saves you money, right? Um, and just to clear up, there wasn't this wasn't Calvin trying to buy the piece or get the piece. It was one of his. You right. Know, He's the middleman. Yeah, he was just trying to make it happen, which I appreciate to be fair, because obviously I was a, I was I'm a small jeweler, right? Yeah. So even him showing me the attention and trying to make ends meet is is a nice thing to do. Um, but yeah, so. I sort of said, yeah, I don't think this will work. Obviously, I want to build a relationship. You know, this is going to be a one-sided thing. Like, my, my brand name is not even going to be brought up to Drake. Yeah. Um. On top of that, it's like, yeah, sure, I can say, yeah, Drake's wearing my piece. But how can you tell he's wearing my piece if it's just a Cartier bracelet? I mean, a Cartier watch, like a generic watch. Like, every, anyone can say that was his, right? Yeah. So I said, yeah, I think I'll pass on this. Obviously, if you're looking to build a relationship and sort of, build with me then yeah i'm all i'm open for, i'm always open for that right so that takes balls bro i really respect it man a yeah, lot of yeah. people if they hear drake they wouldn't even think about it yeah you had the 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 mentality of no let me break this down bro yeah, like because yeah. i think you know what that goes back to bro you're not in it for fucking just clout like yeah, yeah. clout is cool 100%. but yo if that's all you're after you're gonna make some bad decisions yeah, yeah. bro because i could have easily jumped on it but in my mind I told them too. I'm pretty sure. I said I believe. I'm confident. I could. Um, I could make. I could make a connection with Drake down the line. I'm confident. There I'm we not, go. I'm not. I'm not itching to get to know him or get to know anyone else. I'm confident. As I grow, they'll see, and they'll 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 appreciate what I'm doing. And that's what I told them. So, you know, hopefully they respected that too, right? I love that, bro. And and you know, even going back to earlier in the conversation where you said you're you're looking to attract a specific clientele like yo those business guys are no joke bro maybe that they don't have songs on your on yeah. the radio but bro they're they're fucking they're, doing their shit well, too yeah, bro yeah. like you don't just have to have rappers and athletes yeah there's other people really hustling 100%. and you have no idea who the fuck they are 100%. but they might be a big customer you know imagine i'm like oh i'm like babe imagine babes is like oh Maybe I want to go to the islands or something. I'm like, let me just make a quick call. Wifey. Real shit. Wifey, don't worry. I'm just going to make a quick call. I got the jet coming because my boy is the owner of the jet. He's giving us half off. We'll go. No problem. Yes, you know? sir. Business owners, man. Yeah, that's what you want to be connected with. That's real shit. I love that, bro. Um, we're approaching an hour, man. I fucking really enjoyed Went this conversation. Quick, huh? Went very quick. I have one more question. Sure. I'm just curious. Tell me. I see this a lot, and it's just an opinion question. Sure. I want to hear what go you ahead. think. I see a lot of people, It, it often with engagement rings, but it could be for any type of diamond jewelry with the lab grown. Mm -hmm. You mentioned that already. For me, I'll, I'll sound like a hater. If I see like a big ass ring and I know it's not a real diamond, right. I can't be like, bro, like I can't hold that to us. How do you feel about that? For me, obviously. In the, actually, like, sorry to interrupt. Last thing, time, on, if you're flexing it, I can't fuck with it. If it's just yeah. like that's what you have, cool, bro. But if you're flexing it like it's right. Ah. Yeah, I feel you. Could, it's a it's a mixed opinion, say. I would say. I would say I have clients who are like on lab and I have clients who are they canceled lab. No go. If they hear lab, they they run away as far <laughs> as they can. All natural. Because you know why the diamonds that are natural have been sitting in the earth for yes. billions of billions of years, curating from a natural natural growth in the earth high heat, high pressure, and it forms a diamond, right? And that's the beauty of a natural diamond. The lab diamond is simple business. There's a high supply, 
the price lowers. Yeah. When there's more of something, then the price goes a little lower because it's so accessible. The whole point of natural diamonds is it's not as accessible. I, I do co- uh, uh, quotation marks because technically they are, but the Beers, which is the diamond company, mm-hmm. they, they bought like I think 70 or 80% of all the mines around the world. And they're the one who control the flow of supply. Monopoly. So, yeah, so it's a monopoly. And they, they've limited how much diamonds come out, how many diamonds come out. Right. Therefore, the price goes up, right? And on top of that, another factor that influences the price as a side mark is the political situation. For example, Russia, they produced a third of the diamonds worldwide. And then even in COVID, you know, just transportation and whatnot, it just increased the price. Sure. So a lot of people stay away from lab for that reason. Like I said, 50% price difference is a lot. Instead of going for 10 grand, you can get fi- the same thing for five grand. Right. And usually for higher clarity, higher quality. Because if you're making something, let's say this water bottle costs you $10 to make. But you can make a Fiji water bottle for $10. Might as well yeah, make the better you can version. control the quality. So yeah. Exactly. Lab diamonds tend to be higher quality for that reason. So hence why people choose that. And um, I would say in this day and age as well, you know, inflation, whatnot, uh, cost of rent and, and living going up. Um, a lot of people go to that for that reason. Um, just because, you know, the the rule of thumb is you're supposed to spend a third of your salary. Yeah. So if you're making 100 grand, that's like 33 grand, 0.333. Yeah. You know, like that's a big amount, for, especially if you're making like 100 grand, 200 grand even. I mean, any amount, like a th- even if you're making a million. It's a lot of money. Yeah, that's like 333,000, 333, A lot of that. money, bro. Yeah, it's a lot of money. So. People are going to lab for that reason. And I would say, um, even personally, take this how you want because I'm a jeweler. Yes. Um, so your opinions will be, um, you know, understood. But uh, going forward, I'm going to go lab. Okay. Because it's more price effective. Uh, 50% is a big chunk of money to save. Um, you get the look you want. And on top of that, if you're someone who's environment, who cares about the environment, it does do less environmental damage. Um, there's less sort of, you know, issues when it comes to that. Um, so envi- uh, lab diamonds is definitely an amazing alternative. And it's the exact same com- component chemically. Right. So chemically, they're both composed of the exact same thing. So you can't tell as a jeweler which one is which. The only way you can tell is if you go to an appraiser who's GIA certified, he's done a, a couple years of university course to be able to identify it. Even he can't identify it with his own eyes. He gets the $10,000 machine, puts it in the machine, the machine will tell you. That's how identical they are. People always ask me, do lab diamonds pass the diamond test or better? As if, as if I, like, that's the most g- generic question I always get. Okay. Because they always confuse it with mazanite, which is a fake diamond, okay. completely fake. But a lab diamond is as real as a natural diamond. People say, oh, do you have real diamonds? I'm like, brother, lab and natural, they're both real. Different ways to make it. The best um, comparison is this ice, frozen ice. In wintertime, there's ice outside. It's frozen naturally. You can also go to your freezer, put water in an ice tray, and freeze it in the freezer. One you made yourself, but it was man-made. One was made by Mother Nature. So that's kind of lab diamonds versus natural diamonds. You broke that down very well, bro. Yeah, that's yeah, why that's I nice. asked you. I was sitting on that question. Yeah, you yeah, know, that's so. very. I love that water analogy. Hundred percent. Very, and you know what the the 
the business owning 80% changes things. Like, what the fuck are you supposed to do? 100%. Like, just pay because they have it? Like, yeah, 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 that's what I'm saying. That's real, bro. Yeah, you yeah, opened so, my eyes there. Yeah, I would say it's all on what you feel. If you have the budget and you're willing to spend the money, I would go natural too. Yeah. Let's say in 10 years and, you know, God willing, I'm in a bad situation. I have all the money to spend on an accessory. No problem. I'll go natural. But in the meantime, if you're looking to build and if you're looking to sort of save money, um, even if you have good amounts of money saved up, but you still have a goal to reach, I would still suggest that. Right. I would only go for natural if you're in a comfortable position and you don't have to worry about anything and you've already achieved what you need to achieve. That's when I would say, okay, natural. But at the end of the day, it's all an opinion. That's not, This is no financial advice. That's why I asked, bro. My opinion yeah. doesn't mean shit. Yeah, it's no, it's no financial advice. And, and like I said, it's just an opinion. Yeah, so bro. feel free to do natural at the end of the day. If You know what? The best way I think to say it is, fuck, it's your money, bro. You spend it how spend you want to make. You, you know? 100%. That's real, man. 100%. So, yo, this was a fucking fire conversation. I I want to give you an open floor, though. Is there anything you want to promote, talk about, next steps? Like, anything. Floor is yours, bro. I would say main thing, a couple things. Obviously, follow my Instagram, Diamond Touch Toronto. Um, put that on thing, the screen yeah thank you appreciate it uh, follow us on TikTok too We're active there let us know me and my brother what kind of content you guys want to see from us fuck yeah man I'd love to do some more I'm down um, and yeah I would say last message would be the youth of today anyone who's in the city you know keep your heads up try and stay away from all the fuckery and uh, there's always a better path and a better way to choose Love that, bro. Wise words from the Diamond King, Come man. On, Diamond brother. Touch CEO. CEO. 100%. Yo. I'm going to show my hoodie. Show off the hoodie. I need one of those yeah, too, yeah. bro. This is a prototype. Look at the back. That's super CEO. fire. I, I'm going to need one of those. Yeah, bro. brother. 100%. I need one of those. I'm going to get you right. Vigilante chain. If you guys catch me in a good mood, I think we might have to get that done at some point 100%, 100%. too. 100%. Let's get it, bro. I really get appreciate it, you, my guy. Appreciate Diamond you. Touch Toronto. Uh, what's the address one more time? Uh, 2900 Steels Avenue East. Uh, shops on 441 Steels. You can Google that. It'll pop up. Love it, man. Shout out Diamond Touch. Versatile Vigilante. Like, comment, subscribe. Come Let's on, get man. it.